plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Partners, we are going to do it with style and with grace because, as we know, so many things do fail. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we're brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we are coming to you live as we do every week on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment for today, brought to you by Be The Star You Are. You can visit Be The Star You Are at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And I love this so much because um, I actually started a book that was called this. Anyway, it's from Leo uh, Tolstoy. If you want to be happy, be. (laughs) And I just think that's so true. We have choices, don't we? And so I always choose to be happy. Well, let me tell you what's coming up in our show today because it's really going to be fun. Joining me in segment two is Betty Chess. Uh, She's the producer director of Energy, The Ultimate Healer, which is a five-part docuseries on Bliss Up Now Network. But she is also um, an award-winning filmmaker and best-selling author. And you probably know her as the co-writer, director, producer of the hit film that was called What the Bleep Do We Know? And um, and she's also written a few books. So we are going to talk about all of that and especially about her new docuseries that is all about energy. In segment three, if you wanted to track down a distant cousin, could you? And How exposed are our genes to anyone who wants to find us? There are currently more than 21 million sales of uh, DNA on Ancestry. There are um, 12 million on 23andMe. And there's even more on other sites. So even if you haven't submitted your DNA, you are probably findable. So we're going to talk about all the different uh, ways that you can you can be found through a DNA. But right now, we're, we're going to talk about travel. It's summer, and you might be getting ready to travel. You know, the air spaces have opened up. Some of the airlines are even offering, like, some cheap discounts. I mean, most airfare is pretty expensive right now. But do you know how to pack? A lot of people especially now on most airlines, except for Southwest, um, where Southwest gives you two free checked bags. So I just go ahead and check a bag. But if you're flying another airline, you usually have to pay for bags. So you may want to just try to get a carry-on. And you're wondering what to pack and how to pack everything you need. So we have a few tips and tricks uh, that 
the pros talk about too, that'll get you on your way with the least amount of hassle. So if a lot of people are getting ready to go on major vacations or uh, planning in the next few weeks, and some of my favorite ta uh, packing tips I want to share with you. Uh, one thing is to limit your selection of interchangeable clothing pieces and pieces that coordinate with one another. So if you pack more tops than bottoms, and this goes for both men and women, you can mix and match. And you should be able to wear every item in two or three different combinations. Now, before you travel, make sure you try everything on to make sure it fits you. And also, you want to include, especially for women, accessories, you know, scarves and costume jewelry. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I don't have any good jewelry other than my wedding ring, um, which actually my husband made. So I'm not sure how, how good it is. But in any case, um, it, you, I, I'm, I know a lot of people like to bring their good jewelry when they travel. To me, that is a recipe for disaster because you're either asking for it to get stolen or it could get lost or whatever. So I think costume jewelry, just something fun, is really great. Now, if you pick a neutral color palette, um, you're going to only need a few pairs of shoes or at least pick a color palette that everything can intermix. For women, the shoes are the hardest thing because you probably want a pair of heels, a pair of flats, a pair of tennis shoes. I always have flip-flops. And if it's, um, if it's going someplace where I'm going to have to be, you know, trekking through the mud or it's going to be raining, I want boots. So typically, if you're going to wear boots, wear them on the plane because they take up so much room and they're usually pretty heavy. So you want to wear your heaviest things. And um, I always have uh, flip flops um, that I put in my carry on just because when you're on a plane, if you need to get up and go to the bathroom. I like to take my shoes off when I get on the plane and just put my flip-flops on or maybe a pair of socks and then my flip-flops. Now, the way to pack is to roll your clothes. And if you roll your clothes when you're packing your suitcase, they're going to take up much less room. And the great thing is the wrinkles won't be there. I, I, you could go to, you know, go to YouTube if you really want to see the correct way to to do all of this, but I've actually gotten to rolling my clothes to put in my dresser drawers because they take up less space and I can see everything. And I really, I really like it. Now, just an example, if you're, if you have a t-shirt, you just lay it out, make sure it's very flat, and then you fold it vertically so that the two sleeves match. Then you fold the sleeves over so that you have a long rectangle. And then I always roll from the bottom so that it looks nicer. Um, if it's a dress shirt, you'd fold the sleeves over the back and then fold the shirt in half. And you always want to form that rectangle. And then roll from the bottom up. And again, it's going to save uh, space and it is going to eliminate the wrinkles. Uh, it's good. I like to use uh, a plastic bag, like either zip bags, big ones to pack my clothes in. You can use packing cubes or dry cleaning bags to separate the items. And when you pack your clothes this way, it really is a game changer because it keeps your clothes neat and it keeps them organized without overstuffing your bag. Uh, 
I usually label them. Like I will put, you know, my pants in one, uh, undergarments in another. Oh, and always, I always pack at least two bathing suits. I love to swim. I love to be in the water. And even if I don't swim, I want to be in the water. So uh, if I'm going to be at a hotel or a beach or whatever, that's going to be my first destination is jump in the water. So I always have a bathing suit in my carry-on and then also one if I'm packing a suitcase in the suitcase. Now, if you need to buy clothing, a, a suggestion for travel is to buy clothes that are really designed for travel that they're comfortable, they're packable, and they don't wrinkle. Wrinkle-free fabrics, there's nylon, polyester, knits, and lycra. They make really great travel clothes because you can also wash them and they're very quick drying. Now, you want to try to pack lightly. I am, I am not good at packing lightly. I tend to overpack. And normally what I do is I try packing you know, several days before I'm leaving and then I edit, just like when I'm writing an article, I, I go big and then I edit down. You, most people, I think, probably tend to overpack and, and take far more than they need. But um, if you think through the activities that you're going to be doing, like are you on a work trip? Are you going to have a day at the beach? Are you going to be going out to a fancy dinner or to a show? Or are you going to be hiking? Are you going to be at a spa? Are you going to be uh, surfing? Whatever it is, that will help you pack more efficiently. And, you know, when it comes to shoes, especially if you're going to be doing museum hopping or you're going to be walking a lot, you know, going to different villages or towns or, or mountains or whatever it is and walking a lot, Make sure that you do have a couple of different pairs of really comfortable walking shoes because there's nothing worse than when your feet get sore. That's really terrible. Now, if you're just packing a roller bag, actually, this would be good advice for everything. It's so much better to check in early for your flight. Um, it gives you, if you board early, it gives you better odds at getting an overhead bin for your uh, carry-on. So, for example, Southwest does not give assigned seats. So if you make a reservation, or you have to make a reservation, you can check in exactly 24 hours. But now if you pay the $15 or $20, whatever it is, you can get access, um, you can get the priority seating, which is like, you know, A1 through A15. Otherwise, you take your chances. And many times, if it's a crowded flight, which... Most of the flights are really, really packed now because so many airlines have uh, eliminated a lot of flights. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have checked in 24 hours exactly on the minute of when my check-in would be the next day and still gotten a C, which is, you know, the last one. But um, that's why I, when I do Southwest, I don't worry about taking um, a, a roll-on. I just check bags. But for other flights where you do have an assigned seat, it's still a good idea to get there early. That way you're not rushing. Now, um, if you want to get through security faster, don't wear jewelry. You can pack it in your carry-on, put it on later. Don't wear clothing with a lot of sparkles or glitter or you know any metal because that is going to make you 
go in and out. For women and men, check your pockets, check your purse, make sure you don't have that, you know, that um, bottle opener or your tweezers or a knife or scissors because they will be confiscated. And the same with, I always carry a recyclable water bottle, but I empty it. Make sure it's empty. So don't try to carry something through. And I, I've actually tried taking yogurt on board before, and that's been taken away. So uh, just make sure that you don't have any of those things. You know, measuring tape, screwdrivers, um, binder clips, or, you know, and, and bigger bottles of liquid. I think you can take three ounces. So uh, those are some of the most important things that you can do. Um, I think having small bottles that you fill on your own is better. And a TSA has really strict guidelines about liquids. So you better check the rules of the airline or TSA. My favorite thing that you can apply for is TSA PreCheck, tsa.gov. Go there. You buy it, a lot of credit cards. I think it's about $100 and you get global. I do the global entry. So I apply for TSA PreCheck and global entry. And it's good for a few years. Um, and that way the line is faster and it has saved me getting on planes in the past. So whether you're flying across the country or only for a few hours, you know, it's, it, it's going to be um, hectic. And so you're trying to be as relaxed and comfortable as possible. Bring a scarf or a shawl because airlines can get cold. And I always bring a pair of socks just to put on. They're not giving you blankets at all anymore. And so uh, also bring your own earbuds. And um, I bring earplugs if I'm not going to, you know, be listening to anything. Uh, and, if, you know, if you don't want to talk to your seatmates uh, in these days of COVID where people aren't masking anymore, but it's still going around, you know, just have your earbuds. And that's kind of a polite way of saying, hey, I'm not really interested in talking. But just being organized um, is going to make a huge difference. And that is some of the travel tips for you for today. Now, we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Betsy, this award-winning filmmaker, about her new series, her docu-series of uh, Energy, The Ultimate Healer. So you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I will be back, and you will too. Stay with me. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. 
Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, I know you stayed with me, and you will be so happy. So thank you for being here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, because I have a wonderful guest with me today, Betsy Chassie. She is an award-winning filmmaker, a best-selling author. I love that she's a change maker and also a mom. You probably know her as the co-writer, director, producer of the film, What the Bleep Do We Know? But she has a new um, docuseries out, Bliss Up Now's Energy, the Ultimate Healer. It's in five parts and explores energy healing. And we're going to focus on that. Welcome, Betsy, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's uh, talk about um, your new docu-series, Because Energy. I really am a huge believer in the power of energy. I think that if, when we have, you know, energy, enthusiasm, and passion, just about anything can happen. But what you are talking about or what you are portraying in your five different episodes is the healing power of energy. So why don't we start with episode one, what actually is uh, energy healing? Right, so I really wanted to make a series that focused on the science behind what is energy healing and how does it work? Because I think, especially in this day and age when people tend to not really understand it, and it can get sort of this woo-woo fringe out there, right, those right. wacky people, I really wanted to be able to say, well, it's not so wacky and woo-woo after all. It's actually very scientific, and here's how energy healing works. And so the first episode really kind of gives you a foundation of what is energy, how does it work, how does it work in your body, how does it work in the world. We're all energy. Everything is made up of energy. Right. Um, and it kind of goes through some of the science behind the, the, the theory, the scientific theory behind what is energy healing. And then in each of the episodes, we follow a person going through a healing process. So how, first of all, I want to just back up 
what made you decide that you wanted to focus on energy and create this documentary? Well, I think, um, you know, so much of what's going on in the world is that we're looking for alternative ways to heal ourselves. Um, and I am, you know, in no way against Western medicine. I'm a big fan of Western medicine. Um, and every one of the energy healers that we talk to, you know, shows ways in which energy healing can be integrated with Western medicine. But we're all looking for ways. Healthcare is so expensive. Um, and, and access to good health care is, is, is so hard. There are so many ways in which energy healing can help you heal your body where you don't have to take the medications, you don't have to get the surgery, um, or if you're going to get the surgery, it can help you heal better, it can help you heal faster, it can help you go through the process in a much more empowered way. So I wanted to really share that information with people, one, so they had the scientific understanding of how it works, and two, that they could understand how they can get access to it. But when it comes to you personally, have you always been interested in um, the idea of energy and healing together? Um, or was it something that you just found, you know, like, did this come to you during the whole COVID pandemic that you just thought, okay, there's got to be a better way to get through all this? Okay. Well, I think it was both. One, yes, I've always been interested in energy healing. Um and it's always some, it's something that I have used in the past, um, and it has worked wonders in my life. And two, as COVID was starting, um, it's funny, I, my kids and I got COVID pretty early on in the process, and we, got, we were given by some homeopathy, homeopathy, homeopathic to take. And it, made, it was amazing. It, it really made it. We had no symptoms, nothing, barely a sniffle. Um, and I just thought, gosh, you know, I wish people in this particular five episodes, we don't talk so much about homeopathy, but homeopathy is a type of energy medicine, but it just made me realize how so many people don't have the access to this information. They don't understand that this is something that can help them. They think that it's some weird out there wacky thing. And, and for me to be able to say, this is really normal. It's very accessible. You know, Reiki is actually um, used in thousands of hospitals around the world now. So it's becoming more mainstream. If you go to cancer clinics all around the United States, they do meditation, they do Reiki, they do other types of visualization therapy. All these different things fall under the energy healing umbrella. And I just wanted to make it a little bit more normalized, you know, like no, more normal than not normal. Right, right. Well, and you bring that up in each of the five episodes that, it is more normalized and it is being incorporated into Western medicine and it is being used at hospitals. So that will make, I think that would help people realize that it's not so woo-woo. But um, how did you choose the different people that you had as far as your experts, your healers, as well as the participants who decided to share their journey or their issue and, and knowing how the energy worked for them? Well, our executive producer, Aram Saeed, um, she, it, she's the host of the series, and it, her platform is called Bliss Up. And so she knew the four energy healers that we were going to feature in the series. Um, okay. And they are amazing. And then we, you know, put a call out onto Facebook and Instagram and said, hey, is anybody interested in trying it out? 
and a lot of people came forward and we, you know, we found somebody, I think in Denver and we had somebody in Hawaii and we had somebody here in California. Um, and we just went through their stories and met them and felt like they would be a good fit for the different energy types of energy healers that we were working with. You know, there's, there's different names for different types of energy healing, but they all actually use the same, the science behind what they're doing is the same, no matter what. Um, the only thing that might be more unique is sound healing. Um, so we did cover Reiki, you know, energy healing, sound healing, light healing, things like that. Um, but, but we just found people that would fit, you know, what was going on with them. You know, sometimes energy healing can work in a matter of seconds, and sometimes it takes a little while for it to work. We had a great story in one of the episodes where a woman, um, in, in several of the episodes, we have kind of miraculous stories. So we wanted to show that it can be some very small changes to really miraculous healings. And in one of the episodes, the woman um, was told that she was going to have to have a liver transplant. And... Uh, she was going into the hospital like every few days to get her lungs drained. And basically they said, you're not, you know, if you don't get this liver transplant, you're going to be dead in five months. And so she got on the list to get this liver transplant and there was really nothing medically they could do for her. So she said, okay, during that five months, I'm just going to do this energy healing process while they go and stick a needle in me and drain my lungs. And she did worked with an energy healer and she really understood that sometimes we live in a 3D world, and she really understood, I've got to rebuild my liver. And the body is this amazing thing. You know, my son got a cut the other day, and we were talking about how, like, your skin is literally regenerating. If you cut your skin, right. and it, it goes like that, it's literally, and so it's the same thing, but it takes time. So she had five months where she did nothing but the energy healing, and right before she was supposed to go get the liver transplant, she went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, I don't know what happened, but you don't need, your liver is completely, almost perfectly healed. And it, so it took time, right? It took time to like, in the 3D world, to really work on healing her liver. And it's, it's pretty interesting when you see those kinds of stories that you realize, like, it can be something as simple as, oh, I've got neck pain to something as big as that. And we wanted to kind of show the two, you know, two ends of the spectrum for people. So that's why we were looking for those kinds of stories. Well, and I found it just fascinating that each of your healers, when they were interviewed, um, the majority, they didn't, you know, when they were younger, they didn't really know they were healers. It was like they, they right. it, it just, it, it was just a gift, but they didn't really realize it until they were starting to do it and then started healing people. And the sound healing was very interesting, um, you know, the way that, that she operated and with the man from Hawaii who had the neuropathy in his feet, et cetera. Right. So every, all the different um, modalities are things that we could incorporate. And what I took away from it too is that, you know, it's like heal thyself <laughs> is we all have energy well, and we can, right? Yep. You all see the thing is any good energy healer will tell you another part of me that was I thought was really important for the series is like I wanted people to be able to see what a legitimate, really talented energy healer looks and acts like and how they how they work. Because there's a lot of people out there that will say they're energy healers and they really aren't. And one of the first things, one of the first signs that you know you're with someone that's doing probably on the right path is they'll tell you, I'm not a healer. I am right. not doing the healing. You are, um, you are, what, you're healing yeah, yourself. You are. 
Mm-hmm. What, what a en- good energy healer is doing is they have the ability to access that, that, the field, the source, whatever you want to call it. And they have the ability to create and open the space so that your body can do what it's naturally designed to do. And the thing that's interesting about all the energy healers, you know, they all knew from a very early age that they were different. There was something about them that was different. And two of them had near-death experiences where they, you know, were literally Virginia, I think she's episode one or two, two, uh, you two, know, in the think, ocean yeah. and almost drowned. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, the sound healer, she uh, had a car accident that she survived from. And so it's usually, usually, you know, if you, if you really got that connection, you kind of already know it growing up, but you may not know what it is. And this is how they found their path. And many of the energy healers found their path, like Grace, who was in the second episode, she tried to go into medicine and was working in the medical field for years and years and years until she finally figured out, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So she could take all of her knowledge from working in the medical field and, and now find her path, even though she knew her whole life she was different and people, people would want to be around her. I mean, she's like the sweetest, most amazing angel you will ever meet. I mean, just being in her presence is just wonderful. Mm. And, and she knew that, but it, didn't, it took her until a little older in life for her to go, now I understand how I take this love that I have for medicine and combine it with this, with this ability that I've had my whole life. And now I'm getting, then she got training on how to use that ability and combined it to do what she does, which is amazing. Well, and you also provide scientific evidence behind all of these um, healing modalities that are using energy, because I think that's important too. I mean, obviously science is always changing, but um, energy is ubiquitous. I mean, as you said, everything right. is energy. I mean, I loved it because I know it's something that's used often, but, and I don't remember who said it, but she said, you know, I don't know how I do this, but I, it's like, I know right. that when I turn on a light switch, the electricity, you know, I get light, but I don't know why yes. it works, you know? And right. I found that right. to be so refreshing and so real because if it works, it works. Uh, maybe we don't need to right. know how it works. <laughs> Right. So I think, you know, there's so many people in the world today that, you know, some people can believe and they don't need any any other information. They just go, yep, I see it. The light switch turns on and it, and it and it turns off. Right. And then there are people that need the science, that need the grounding, practical, logical mm-hmm. information that helps them, you know, maybe moves the needle for them a little farther. So I really wanted the series to incorporate both. Because this way, I had energy healers who watched the series who called me up and said, oh, my God, you finally explained what I do. And now I can show this to people and say, oh, here's what I do. Here's how it works. And, and it's a great tool for people because it, it does make people feel at ease when you understand something. You know, it's a, especially if you're dealing with a medical condition, you're already stressed and there's a lot of anxiety. And someone comes in and says, okay, I'm going to, you know you know, saying and put vibrations all around you, it might be a little uncomfortable, but if you understand it, you tend to be more at ease and more open. Well, and you just need to go with it, you know, um, and then you yeah. can decide afterwards. I mean, if it worked or if it didn't work now, um, you've have five healing, uh, five segments in the series. Are you going to be doing more right. or cause I know you're going to, you have so many other projects. you You're doing the Galileo project coming up and 
I guess you're going to do, you have the book Killing Buddha. You're going to do a series on that as well? I'm hoping to do a series on that. That's in development. Um, I'm shooting the Galileo Project right now. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think we will be doing more of these. These are just launching now. So, you know, it takes a year to make any project like this. Um, right. And that one was a little harder. The Energy, the Ultimate Healer, we actually did that um, in while COVID was happening. That had to and be really hard. It, that had to be really hard. Yeah. If that, we, we got really good at learning how to do Zoom interviews. Um, so some of them are Zoom interviews, but we also, it was, you know, usually I travel with a slightly bigger team of about four or five of us, but for the energy healing, it was just me and my camera person. Um, and we were getting tested every day and then we got vaccinated and then we would be testing and masks. And we just really wanted to, you know, see if we could get this out. So now that that's done and out in the world, I suspect that we probably will do more episodes. Um, and if you join Bliss Up, which is the platform, which is free to join, there's all sorts of additional interviews that they have that are bigger, longer, deeper conversations that we have with many of the people that are in the series um, going deeper into the, the topics. So there's a lot more information available than what's just in the series. And that website is blissupnow.com. So people yes. can go there, blissupnow.com, and, um, and you can find it. You know, it's funny. The name of my bunny is Bliss. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute, well, so cute. Well, and also, I just want to talk really quickly, uh, the Galileo Project, because that sounds really yes. fascinating to me. I, if, I, I, I believe it must be the same person. The name was spelled a little differently online. But I saw that you had Dr. Bernie Siegel. Is, is it Dr. Bernie Siegel who wrote Love? Oh, yeah, he's my yes. big daddy. He wrote the foreword to my first book, and, is, and he's part of several of the books that I've written. Um, he's just fantastic. And... His whole idea of amazing, isn't he? Isn't he just the greatest? I know <laughs> he's the greatest. He's I called him a national treasure. I mean, uh-huh. he's a national treasure. Yeah, I mean that I, man I is single-handedly responsible for why cancer clinics around the world use visualization, meditation, <laughs> all the things that when Dr. Bernie was doing it, they called him crazy. Right? They uh-huh. used to say he was. The, that's why we, he's one of and our And that's Galileo. why it's Galileo, because they called Galileo crazy. Yeah. They called all these people crazy, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm so happy that, you've, that you're going to include um, uh, Bernie, because I just think he's a great, a great, great resource. And, you know, his whole idea of laughter and humor and incorporating all of those mm-hmm. things that you just said, it makes a huge difference. I think it, you know, it really saves lives. So that sounds like it's well, going to be. Well, science is finally project. caught up with him. You know, science is finally caught up with him. You know, when he was doing what he was doing, they called him crazy, right? Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with healing. Now there's legitimate scientific evidence that says if you laugh more, even laughter, just a simple act of laughing releases endorphins into your body that help you heal. Mm-hmm. scientifically proven now. So, well, you know, Norman Cousins, it. Norman Cousins was really, really big on that. Um, you know, and he was, he's the one that always said that, you know, watch a funny movie, just laugh yeah. and you can heal. And, uh, and Bernie, yeah, you know, exactly. followed up with that. And um, I mean, I have yeah. examples in my own life, how it healed. So 
I really, I really believe in all of that. Well, I just before, um, I don't want to cut you off before we just at least mention your book, Killing Buddha. So uh, tell us about that. It's a great title. Thank you. So if you've ever heard the saying, if you meet the Buddha along the road, kill him or you'll follow him the rest of your life. It's Mm -hmm. a very famous Ben Cohen. And so this book is um, a fictional sort of somewhat memoir, but mostly a fictional journey of a character named Sarah who really has to go on this journey of killing her Buddhas to find her own spiritual path and her own her own self again. Um, And so it's kind of like Sex in the City meets Bridget Jones meets a spiritual journey kind of thing. And and it's based on you, isn't it? I mean, aren't you, isn't it based on your adventures or misadventures, whatever? It's true. Yeah, it is based very much. I mean, all of the characters in the book have some relation to someone I know or or an amalgam of somebody I know. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the main character is based on me. And it is based, the character in the book gets hired. She's the least spiritual person on the planet, and she gets hired to make a movie about spirituality, which is essentially what happened to me with What the Bleep. You know, I was mm-hmm. not a candidate for making What the Bleep. It was like, wouldn't have, it's like, there's no reason on planet Earth that I should have been hired to make that movie, yet I was. And here we are today, you know? And yeah, talk just a minute about uh, What the Bleep, because you were the co writer, director, and producer. And it went on to be just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a, uh, it's it's a, a treasure film now. I mean, it's it's definitely a hit film or a cult film or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. people know about it. So yeah, it, just, you know, share that experience a bit. Well, you know, it's funny. I got hired to make that movie and it was called Sacred Science at the time. It was a completely different movie. And, you know, when I met Will, who was the financier and the other filmmaker, and I knew Mark. Mark is the one who brought me in. We had other projects together. And, you know, Will said, gosh, I want to make this this movie and, you know, I want millions of people to see it. And I was really honest. And I said, gosh, this movie, no one's going to see it. It made no sense. It it had a host. (laughs) Like, it was just this weird movie. It was boring. It was kind of boring, right? What would you do? Yeah. (laughs) I said, well, he said, well, what would you do? And I said, you know, people need to be told stories. Storytelling is the way that you connect with people. So we decided to create the character of Amanda. And then... originally they weren't going to actually interview people. They were just going to use old videos of people speaking. And I said, we should actually go interview people. So I kind of just rejiggered the whole thing and it became what the bleep do we know, you know, four and a half years it took us to make that movie. Oh, wow. That is a, that's a a long time, but it it had to be a passion project, you know? I mean, it was something that, Obviously, um, you didn't feel qualified to do it, yet you jumped right in, and here you are today, right? It, uh, well, it shaped I you. Do, I think that I think the thing that's cool about that movie, that why it resonates with so many people, is because it, we were all very authentic in our quest for understanding, and we were all very different. So there's three filmmakers. So, you know, Will is the physicist. Very scientific, very logical. Mark was deeply on a spiritual path, had done a lot, you know, lots of different practices and, and meditation and all that stuff. And I was just a complete newbie on the block. So we'd go and do these interviews and talk to these people, and we'd interview them each from our own perspective. And I think that's, you know, when people watch the movie, you can really watch it at multiple levels of understanding because that's how it's made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, the last thing is, 
you are also a mommy. And um, for me, I, I think am. being a mom, I, I to me, the greatest job, I don't think I could ever win enough accolades that would uh, measure up to being a mom, you know, and just having your child say you're the greatest mom ever. Um, and I, I think I feel like that's one of your, you know, one of your fortes, too. So how is it juggling, you know, writing, directing, producing uh, all these things that you're doing and being a mom? You know, it's I have I've have, I've been blessed with great kids. I'm a single mom and pretty much a full time single mom. So I have my kids all the time and they've just grown up with around this kind of world, creativity, creating, doing what you love. Um, and it, it's cool because my daughter just graduated high school. And she's kind of stepping off into the world. And, you know, it it was cool to observe her say to me the other day, she's like, you know, mom, like, I've observed you. She goes, you're such a girl boss. I love that about you. You own your own company. You do your own creative things. And I'm so inspired by that. And that, like, I almost, like, lost my cookies at that point. I Right? You were her first, you're her role model and you're her mentor. And she actually saw you. I mean, I, I watched your, um, your, the, your media reel where you said, you know, you had it all. You were married 10 years, had the house, the car, the kids, you know, the life, uh, the job, and then you get divorced at 41. Um, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. really, really tough. And yet here you, you know, are, you're happy and you're creating and you've got great kids. So uh, you've yeah, got it. I mean, it took, I, I always tell people, I always just say, there's my favorite quote in the world and it's by Jack Kerouac. And, uh, he, he says, be in love with your life, every detail of it. And mm-hmm. when everybody, anybody says, what's your spiritual practice? I think at around 41 years old, when I got divorced and my life really did suck, I took that on as a spiritual practice and it really radically shifted the way that I look at life and the way that I raise my children. And, and it's probably been my greatest teacher and my greatest gift, just that one sentence, be in love with your life, every detail of it. Oh, what a way to end it. Betsy, excellent. I love it. Betsy Chassie, her website is BetsyChassie.net. Betsy, and her last name is spelled C-H-A-S-S-E dot net. And of course, you want to go and go to blissupnow.com so you can um, find Energy, the Ultimate Healer. And just know she has a lot of stuff going on. uh, And her new book is Killing Buddha. It sounds so fun. So I'm looking forward to that. And she's working in production now with the Galileo Project. That's going to be awesome. So Betsy, thank you so much for coming on Star Style. Be the star you are. It has been such a blast and my pleasure, and I look forward to following everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Yeah, use that energy and heal, right? You're listening Don't to Cynthia Brian. That's exactly it. And love every minute of your day, whether it's good or bad, you know, love it, love it. So uh, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We will be right back with our next segment. Please stay with me and visit BetsyChassie.net during the break. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world, change your life. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Studies reveal that when someone meets you for the first time, 80% of the first impression has nothing to do with the words you speak. 50% of that impression is through your body language and your personal appearance. 30% is the tonality of your voice and the energy you project. Therefore, only 20% is dependent on your words. In order to make a great first impression, practice boosting your level of energy and enthusiasm while transforming your body language to project confidence and interest in the other person. As you interact with another person, watch her body language and tailor your conversation to reflect that. We only have one shot at a first impression, and that imprint may be the difference between success or rejection. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, B-R-I-A-N.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, we are back and we are finished with the show business part of the show with Betsy Chassie and her uh, series um, that is on Bliss Up Now. So you can check it out. I think that you will definitely enjoy um, getting that information about energy, the ultimate healer. So now we're going to take a different dive and we're going to look behind the curtain at um, our lack of genetic privacy these days because basically so much is how much DNA we share with distant relatives that people, you know, that haven't even submitted their DNA to a testing site, they can be found. So to understand how exposed your genes potentially are, there is an obscure unit of measurement, and it's called the Centimorgan, or CM. It is named for Thomas Hunt Morgan, 
whose experiments on fruit flies, of all things, led him to receive a Nobel Prize in 1933. And what it does is it gauges genetic distance, the length of identical segments of DNA that two people share due to descent from a common ancestor. So in general, people have about 6,800 CMs. A child inherits half their DNA, one set of chromosomes from each of their biological parents. So child and parent will have around 3,400 CMs of DNA that match. Now, because of slightly different methodologies, the major testing companies might report slightly different numbers. But for every degree of relatedness, the length of shared CM halves. Are you following me? So, for example, an uncle or grandparent, which is one degree removed from parents, they share half as much DNA on average, whereas a first cousin or a great grandparent will share half again. And then it, you know, it goes on and on like on and on like that. So with all these halvings, very distant relatives out to fifth cousins share so much identical DNA that a common ancestor is the only possible source. And I, I, I think that most people don't even realize this. Um, they, it's easy to find distant relatives because a typical individual has so many, according to various methods, around 200 third cousins, you know, upwards of a thousand fourth cousins and anywhere from 5,000 to 15,000 fifth cousins. So you can find those distant relatives, but this isn't just relevant for, um, for every day. It's also relevant for crime scenes. So there really isn't anything anymore as truly anonymous sperm or egg donors. There's nothing that can be an unknown father or a closed adoption. Those are all examples of scenarios where secrets involving parentage were easily solved by the Senti Morgans. And no court ruling or confidentiality agreement can erase that science. So... An adopted child who doesn't know her biological parent still shares 3,400 CMs with that person and hundreds of Senti Morgans with numerous cousins from that parent's family. The child or the child's descendants could upload their DNA to a database, you know, one of those sites that I uh, said, and by looking for matches with others who have uploaded theirs, they will discover some distant cousins. And that would be enough to reconstruct a family tree and probably identify the parent, even though the parent never uploaded their DNA. I find this so fascinating. So we really can't hide at all anymore, right? Um, so forensic ge uh, genealogy is very labor intensive and new. But it is being used for serious crimes and even for cold cases. And the likelihood that it would be just confined to that without actual enforceable restrictions and regulations is slim. So, again, to go back to the scale of testing, around 21 million samples of DNA are on Ancestry DNA, 12 million on 23andMe. 5.6 million on MyHeritage and 1.7 million at Family 
tree DNA, and that's according to the International Society of Genetic um, Genealogy. So I do not find this just so fascinating. I find it, I find this just amazing that you really can go back and find this. Now, there is legal protection. It's very limited. The 2008 Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act bars genetic information from being used for decisions about health insurance and employment, but it never anticipated the, you know, all the extent of today's testing and all the cutting edge medical research or what happens, like if a company with a gigantic genetic database would collapse. I mean, what happens if the data of millions of people uh, with CMs matching thousands of distant cousins might be sold in a bankruptcy auction? So there's so much, there is so much to think about. So you could probably go back to the Civil War and find somebody that you might be related to, or maybe you really, your family really did come over on the Mayflower. And with DNA, you might actually be able to find that person. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every week. Make sure you are tuned to Voice America, the empowerment channel, uh, with me, Cynthia Bryan, on Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific where I am your personal growth success coach. And you also will hear from success experts from around the globe. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions, you could visit CynthiaBryan.com or to find any of my books, go to the click on the Star Style store. To get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, volunteer, make a donation, visit bethestarur.org. And don't forget, if you are looking for books, uh, book reviews that are done by our teens so that you might find some great books to read this summer, visit btsya.org and just click on book reviews. You'll find um, a couple thousand. Now, my aim is always to encourage, inform, inspire, amuse, and motivate So see beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate each moment of your life. And read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. And until next Wednesday when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins. Kindness always prevails and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetic, uh, unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And happy 4th of July. Let's celebrate Independence Day. Let's celebrate America. And let's come together with love and kindness. Until next Wednesday, thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. 
For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.